0: Welcome to another episode of Chan with the Plan the Podcast, a podcast providing career advice and easy actual steps for frustrated professionals helping you overcome career challenges so you can stop feeling confused and defeated and start feeling focused and confident in order to excel in your career. And I'm your host, Max Chan. If you are a professional that is looking to land their next job opportunity or wants some guidance in regards to helping you take the next step of your career, then join my private Facebook group, Career Advice with Chan with a Plan. In this Facebook group, I post daily content, providing advice on the job search, as well as provide career advice to help you get to the next level. I will leave a link in the show notes, or you can search up my Facebook group, Career Advice with Chan with a Plan on the Facebook platform and request to join that way. My first role out of university was a marketing assistant at a small digital marketing agency. And when you work at a small agency, you tend to be able to work on various skills to build yourself as a professional. And one of the things I learned fairly quickly was account management and client service skills. Because when you're working at an agency, you are going to be working with clients on their marketing initiatives, which means that you will be a regular contact for your client when they're looking for status updates on their projects, as well as going through results to see how well their marketing initiatives are currently going. I had to learn by trial by fire, which means that I didn't have any formal training. I had to learn as I go. That means I made a lot of mistakes when it comes to communicating and building relationships with clients effectively. So if you are a professional that is looking to move to the agency world or the consulting world, where a majority of your time is dealing with and managing clients, then this podcast episode is for you. Because I want to help you avoid the common mistakes one has when it comes to having difficult conversations with clients. Because it is going to happen. There is no perfect client relationships. There will be bumps along the road. So I want to make sure that you have the tools you need to successfully mitigate conflict with clients. And how to properly deal with difficult conversations with the same clients. So to discuss this more in depth, I have invited Melanie Wood to discuss how to handle difficult conversations with clients. So a little bit about Melanie before we get started. She is an international communication and leadership speaker, best-selling author, and founder of Speaking Styles, an organization that works with business owners, entrepreneurs, managers, and leaders to step up, step out, and lead with speaking and communication. Melanie believes communication can't be delegated and works with clients to build confidence to create confidence with empowering action, And her work has transformed her clients, companies, and businesses to the next level of growth and capitalization. Now, let's get into my discussion with Melanie on how to deal with difficult conversations with clients effectively. Hey, Melanie, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, Max. Thank you so much for having me.
0: I personally believe that if you want to excel in your career, having good client relationship building skills is the key to success because everything that you do in terms of career growth does come down to people. For me, I started my career coaching business last year, but I don't think I would have the success I would have right now from a client relationship perspective if I didn't have that agency experience when I first graduated from university working at the uh, local agency as my first job. I dealt with a lot of clients the few years I was there. And that really helped build my client relationship skills. And I know from us discussing offline, you have a business right now for five years. So how did you build up your client relationship building skills to have a base of clients in the five years that you've been in business?
1: That's a great question. Thanks, Max. And what I use is communication and speaking. So communication and public speaking are the fastest way to get clients because you're building know, like, and trust. They're getting to hear you, see you, really start to get to know you more. Like people want to be able to come and work with you to be around you. So speaking is the way in which I, so coming onto podcasts, going onto stage, doing presentations, all of those things is how to do that. But also you do that as one thing, you then still have to take everybody offline and come into relationship building. So in that space is, is being getting people onto the phone, getting people on the phone, getting people onto Zoom and building more of the know, like and trust, being able to get more, build the relationships with people. So for me, it's, it's around and for everybody else as well, it's, It's picking up the phone, getting onto Zoom or whatever platform you use and start having conversations with people and really finding out more about them, finding out more about them. Like they become the hero of the story. You're the guide. They're the hero. And it's about putting them first.
0: So in your first few months of business, how did you do the, consult? I'm assuming you did consultation calls to win clients over, right?
1: Yeah. So from there, then I have that process. So we've always want a process of as soon as our first kind of initial um, touch point is then getting them straight onto the phone. So booking in a consultation is then the next phase because we want to be able to have a conversation. It's not necessarily a sales thing, but it's more about finding out more about those people. So everything always leads from coming into a conversation or downloading a freebie, And that helps depending on whether how how cold or warm they are, but everything needs to lead to getting on a call and a conversation with people.
0: So walk us through your consultation process. So how do you have a good conversation with an initial interested prospect?
1: Yeah. So in the past, like now I can do it fine without, but in the, in the past when I was learning, this is things that I teach my own clients is learning how to structure that conversation. So I'm big on, you don't just go into that conversation winging it like you have to have a structure and um, so definitely I used to use a lot of templates to help myself to understand what worked and what didn't work and having those conversations so I definitely advise on having some sort of structure to the conversation because you have to lead the conversation not them because you want to be able to find out more about them Find out their needs, their wants, their desires, you know, their visions, their goals, like things they're struggling with. All of those things then needs to be in a structure of how to go about asking those questions, writing it down, noting what's what's going on for the person. And then you start to build the relationship and you will then understand, well, what's some benefits and solutions for that person?
0: So what are some good questions to ask as you're leading the conversation uh, with the prospect?
1: So things that I ask is is maybe what's some things you're stuck or struggling with right now within, within your business. So then they are going to, people always go to telling you more about the things that they're stuck and struggling about. Maybe saying about their vision and their goals might be harder to do because they're maybe in the trenches right now. That's why they've come to you. So I go into like, what's holding you back? What are you stuck or struggling with? You know, if you were able to, get help with those things, what would that look like for you in 3 to 6 to 12 months? And then asking about their goals and what they're looking at doing in the future.
0: Great. So how do you win them over in the end, at the end of the consultation?
1: Yeah. So that's really, you've got to spend a lot of time exploring. So that's in the finding out what their struggles are, what their goals are, what their vision. You've got to spend a long time exploring in there because you've got to find out the real reason what it is that they need. And then what I do is once I've got all of those things, I repeat back to them to gain that clarity on, so what I'm hearing from you is X, Y, and Z, would that be correct? And then I go into asking more questions around, is this something that you would like help with? because I'm not going to go in straight about the selling if, if it's not something that they would like help with.
0: I got, it. so it's more about a discovery call where you lead them in the conversation to pinpoint their problems. And then if it's yes. a problem they truly want to solve, then you would go into your sales pitch on how you can help them.
1: Yes, yes, exactly, yes.
0: So when it comes to a consultation call, you probably heard these common objections. One is, I'll think about it, two is, This seems too expensive for me. Three is I'm also speaking to other coaches or businesses in your niche. Uh, Let me get back to you. How would you handle those types of uh, objections?
1: So when they do objections, there's two things in there is that you haven't gone enough into exploration into there to finding out and getting them to really realize what their their big need is um, in there. The other one is, yeah, you are going to get people that do object. The next thing is, is then I have a follow-up procedure. So I don't just let them go. I will then say is like, that's fine. You know, what we'll do is let's meet up again in a couple of days time. I'll send you information, go away and compile all of of it and then come back with some questions. So I do that and I say like, I know it's overwhelming for you right now. You're maybe going to go away, speak to someone else or speak to a family member first but you're going to go away with lots of questions so let's come back in two to three days time and let's be able to look at how we can proceed from there because then from there so you can then lead them into something else if they don't want to come and do maybe some of your big packages and things like that but you need to follow up with
0: So instead of saying, oh, I'll follow you up in a few days, you could say, let's schedule a follow up call. So then they're still committed because if you let them lead the follow up process, which is you just follow up uh, without any schedule, then there's a good chance that they'll end up not committing.
1: Yes, yes, that's where the, the ghosting part will come in. So it's getting them on the phone booked in, scheduled in for the follow up. And then you then then you come back again at that time. Yeah, so it needs to and then that's a smooth process and system to follow and then you don't become the, the person that's trying to chase up chase people up either.
0: Again, they can always cancel the invite and you can email them at that point, but there's only so much you can control, right? So at that point, just move on because as a business owner, you know, there will always be interested people looking for your service.
1: Yeah, that's right. And then they become in your database, they'll be watching and when they're ready, they'll come back as well. So it's just, it's having this system in place and then it's getting the yes or the no, and then you move move on, move on to the next person.
0: So let's say you've won a client. How would you... Have a good onboarding experience with this client so they feel that they're getting their money's worth.
1: Yeah, but now I love this part of it. And that's where you want to have systems and processes in place to have the customer service journey. So things like, you know, welcome packs or welcome emails. Things that then I do around, I set guidelines as well for them, like how we're going to work together. They fill in forms so that they feel more involved in the process that there's things that they need to do because you still need to set boundaries and guidelines with people. That still creates a really good service because they know by working with you, okay, this is how it's done. So I then do like welcome emails to filling in forms to then going through the onboarding process. So then they come on back onto Zoom call and then I walk them through the guidelines, how we're going to communicate, how we're going to work, but also getting them to ask and give me feedback as well. Like it's not just one way of saying this is how it's done. Then it's going back and saying, <clears throat> What's your preferred way to have a conversation, to interact with each other, email, phone call, all of those things. So it becomes a two-way conversation that guidelines are there. This is the process, but it's also how to have the get the feedback and make sure the person feels valued at the same time.
0: So it's a combination of having a welcome kit ready and then having a yeah. scheduled onboarding call fairly soon just to make yes. sure that they are being hand in the yes. process.
1: Yes, because a lot of people come and they do want to come and work with people, but there's also a little bit maybe of fear, apprehension, particularly if they're giving over money. So it's yeah, getting like the, the days, like the few days after they've said yes, okay, we book in the next call, we book in the next process, and then we get started. So they don't feel like they're just throwing straight into, okay, we're getting started. It's like giving them the whole picture of, how you're going to work together so that they know what's going to happen as well. That's a big, big thing. People need to know what's going to happen.
0: That's a good point because when you're selling a service, you're, you're selling air. They can't see it. It's not a product. So you want to be clear on what you're providing. So they do know what they're getting uh, with their money.
1: Yes, definitely. yeah. it's out, and if it's outlining the whole six months or the whole year or just you know giving them three months, here's what we'll do in three months. Once we're done, then we'll have a look at the next three months. But yeah, it's letting letting them know. It's having that clear open communication with people,
0: so let's talk about the open communication in terms of managing client expectation. That's always going to be a big one, regardless if you're starting your own business or you're working at an agency with clients. So, What is your strategies on managing client expectations?
1: Yeah, and that's definitely on the onboarding is going through those expectations there. The other things that I do is then each step of the way, I then ask them. So I say, how is everything going for you? So it might be each week, it might be each month that I check in and say, how is the experience for you? Is there anything I could do to improve this? Is there anything more that you need? So it's in an open communication, but it's also followed up with emails. So every step of the way is, is putting it back to them and asking, asking for feedback.
0: There's sometimes might be disconnect saying like, well, you told me that you're going to offer this or uh, can you also offer this when they already bought? So how would you manage that type of expectation?
1: Yeah. And and again, that's again, you've got to sit down and, and communicate, but then you need to say, what do you, what do you hear when I'm saying, like, what are you hearing when I'm saying that I need to know right now before we move on to the next thing, what's your understanding of where we're at right now and where we're going to go so that we can work together in that. So again, it, it, yeah it's continuing to have those expectations and have that open communication.
0: So client expectation is one one potentially difficult conversation, but what other types of difficult client conversations have you experienced throughout your five years in business?
1: Mm. So definitely the expectations boundaries. Boundaries comes into it a lot of people maybe expecting you to respond straight away if they call, email, text, and you're already maybe in the middle of obviously doing other things. So boundaries definitely come into it. Those sort of things come into it. Payments can come into difficult conversations. If people are late on payments, those types of things can then become quite difficult because the way that I see is you don't want to be in the meeting or in the session having to talk about money. like That needs to be dealt with off of it so that you can be present in that time. Um, So payments and boundaries are definitely things that have come up for, for me and and I think it is the the expectations as well. And a lot of the other things that come up for people is is fear. So they maybe sign up and then they get, oh, maybe like buyer's remorse or they get a little bit freaked out by what have they just done to like what's about to happen. So those are definitely things that do come up. The way in which I deal with that is like getting them onto another call and working with them to solve the payment to then chatting about maybe what their fears is happening, but also talking about what my boundaries are when it comes to working together as well, which I do tend to now do at the beginning, but sometimes people need reminders throughout the time we're working together.
0: So there's always that communication aspect with clients. Uh, So in, in my days at the agency, there's going to be mistakes that us as service providers will make. So If there's a mistake and the client's angry, what would you do to mitigate the situation and resolve it as quickly as possible?
1: Yeah, and those things happen. Again, we're all human. Mistakes happen. We all can make mistakes. So again, that's that one of coming back to getting an understanding of how it felt for them so for me it's about you can't go in and start explaining or making excuses for what happened it's going back to them and having the conversation around how did it make them feel really finding out how because When we make mistakes, people can react and it's not necessarily directed at you. It's not directed at the situation. It could be something else happening in their life at that time. So it's really going back and asking them some questions about how did it make them feel? How can we actually work better? So people hold the solution. So asking them, how can we improve our process? Do you have any feedback for us? And obviously apologizing as well, but it's going back to them and asking them for this solution and some feedback of how you can work better
0: the one thing that i want to touch on is don't avoid it so if you know a client's angry and they're calling you or emailing you you should respond fairly quickly right you shouldn't wait
1: yes because they're going to get more they're going to it's going to escalate even more because they're annoyed at something and then you haven't dealt with it and people do avoid those things because it's not it's not comfortable but what I say when I work with other clients who deal with that type of situations, then I say, don't just get on the phone. You've got to do a bit of planning and preparation because you've got to get yourself in the zone of ready to deal with how that person's going to react. Having a set of questions because you still want to keep the control of the conversation. But also about listening to the person saying, like, I I hear you, I hear where you're coming from, this is what I'm sensing, you know, how can I have done this differently, you know, we do apologize, it's being empathetic, but you still want to direct the conversation so that they're not escalating into, it's everything in their whole week that they're now annoyed about.
0: Got it. So... Just having a plan and then just listening to them. Like, don't try to like defend your actions. Just let yes. just have, let them air it out and then go into more of a peractum problem solving once they're done. Right.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, anything people do around communication, I always say is plan. Like Baby Yoda's plan. You must. You always should plan and prepare your conversations. Because that is the way that you're going to get the best out of, out of the communication, out of yourself and out of the other person by planning and preparing.
0: Great. So what about when the client threatens to cancel saying, I'm not happy with the service. I'm not getting what you told me to get. So how can you salvage that type of situation?
1: I think in that situation is that we're all going to experience that from time to time. And you have to think, well, maybe, maybe you're just not a fit together. The person has also maybe got really freaked out and went, oh, I really can't do this. I'm sure we've all had it. I've had situations myself where I've signed up for things and then thought, I don't know if I want to be a part of this. I've made a mistake and like, you know, go to the bank and try and cancel your credit card. And I think in those situations is, is to lose any attachment to the outcome. So lose the attachment to the outcome, getting them onto the phone, it's like going back to a consultation or discovery call. You've got to go back to that and explore what's actually happening for the person. Because nine times out of 10, it's not necessarily the company or you, It's more about the fears have got so much greater or their family or their friends have said, like, why are you doing that and signing up to that? Like, I've got someone down the road that does it for like this amount. And so you don't know what the outside influence has been. So it's getting them back onto conversation because you still want to hold the power and the control to a certain point of you're maybe not going to do it at a lesser price or devalue yourself to get the person to come back. But also thinking about, like, I run a, a membership. So if somebody then comes to me and looks to leave, I've got other ways of saying, well, do you want to join our affiliate program? So then you can still stay in the membership, but you're going to help bring more people in. Um, so those are things that then you can work with people or do. can you take a break for a month? We'll pause it, then we'll come back and have a conversation. So it's also thinking of what's, I think, outside the box to other things you could offer people as well.
0: So, how do you evaluate whether a client's worth saving compared to just letting them go at a certain point?
1: I think I think that's when you come back to listening to your gut. You you will know whether they are or they're not. But I think once you have the conversation on the phone, you will know whether or not it's going to be not a great fit to continue together. And maybe and maybe it's something you could say is like in three months' time, can I call you? Can we book in and, and reevaluate in three months' time? But I think it's definitely about gut feeling. You know, you know when you're a fit or not to work together and when to let someone go.
0: What if a uh, clients worked with you for a few months and they're not happy as we already discussed, but they want a refund. When should you give a refund and when should you stand up to your services and what you have provided?
1: So that's when I'd say is you go back to your onboarding. So I get clients to sign contracts. So once a client has signed a contract, they are signing to things like um, ending to refunds to all of those things. So that's clearly instructed out. I think it depends on discretion. I've not had to deal with that, but it's because I have the onboarding process. That is all discussed prior so that when they then if, if they did come to that, we've already discussed that. And that's already been signed and contracted for. But for other people, I would say it's like that. Yeah, you need to be able to do all those things in the beginning. If the person's done more than halfway, like I run groups and I've had people come out of them, but they've been halfway through in the a refund, but they've signed a contract. So by that point, I'll say, but you've already had access to all the materials, all the resources. All I can maybe offer is the next time I do the group you might be able to if I have a space to be able to come on board so I have had that happen and the person's been fine with it most people when you set the boundaries they're quite respectful of it I think people ask because they're bold enough to ask to see whether they can or not and I think you need to step up and say what you feel is right for you and your business and the other people will respect you for it if they don't that's fine Um, I think it's once it's like over a halfway point, I think there should be should be no refunds, but maybe no more money is taken out from them from there.
0: How about the other side? I know a lot of freelancers can relate to this, where you do work, uh, the clients are happy, and then they withhold payments. So what is your uh, resolution for that type of problem?
1: yeah and 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 again you know I'm I'm I've had that happen to me and I'm sure I'm not the only one that these things happen to again that's when I would say is that's when I introduced contracts so once you have a contract in place that states that you will pay by this certain date by this time you know I've never had to go down the the, the line of you know putting it to debt collection or anything like that but I have had to go to the point of going through a process of emailing and, and having to have those conversations with well if it's not paid by this date I will then have to then go and take this to debt collection agency because it's not been paid so it's got to be contracts in the beginning I um, definitely in the beginning of my business had run sessions and done things like that and and just assumed the person would pay and I've done the done the work And then they've just completely went off and and haven't paid and I haven't been able to get it back. So that's why contracts have then come into place. I've also now done it where people maybe need to pay a deposit or they need to pay a certain amount towards something before any work will start. So those are things to help people in freelancing is that get a deposit or get some form of something prior to the work that then becomes non-refundable.
0: In terms of the debt collection portion, I don't think a lot of freelancers or smaller business owners go to that route because it does cost money to get a debt collector to like chase them. Right. So what's your take on like When should you utilize that
1: type of last resort? I think that's still going back to getting people onto the phone because what's again, what's happening in their life, something's happened in there. And again, it's not, it's nothing personal um, as well. So it's, it's, trying to get people back on the phone so that you don't. And yeah, and I've never had to go that far. And I know that it would be, um, be a lot more money. And I wouldn't want to do that to people either, but it, it's good to have it as a protection. It's got to be emails. It's got to be getting people onto the phone. It's also coming back through around being empathetic as well, that something else is going over for them. The other one that I offer then is payment plans. So say, for instance, if there's a full amount going on, then I would say, like, let's work together and let's do a payment plan to pay it off and offer those things. There are some really good options for people to do as well. And, and just yeah, getting them on the phone to have a conversation about how we can work together to best solve this
0: Obviously, if you have a good consultation, it's not just for them, it's all for you as well to make sure that they are a good fit so things that we are just discussing doesn't happen. So from a consultation perspective, what do you look for in a prospect where you know that this is going to be a good client or this is not going to work? I, I already see the issues uh, already. So I even if they want to work with me, I, I don't want to work with them. So what are some of the signs whether they're going to be a good client to work with or they could potentially be a trouble client down the road if you do sign them.
1: Yes. So in the consultation, when you get into selling your services, selling your products, then that's where you wouldn't just go into like, let's get started. It would just be a case of like, well, these are some of the the guidelines that I have. Are you committed to X amount of sessions or X amount of these. what's your commitment level to be able to come and work with me? So if that's where I would do is you start talking about expectations and getting their understanding of have they got the time? Are they going to commit and do the work that they need to do? So really starting to again, continue with the questions and then go to proceed if you feel that they've answered them in a way that you think that they're going to be a fit together to actually work with you.
0: What's some advice that you can provide to people that want to get into the client service business?
1: Definitely. Well, communication. Definitely have a look at your communication skills um, is a is a big must because you're going to be speaking with people a lot. So definitely look at your communication skills. Lo- also look at your own like your empathy like have you got have you got empathy do you need to work on empathy have a look at different things that you can tap into whether it's podcasts like listening to things and it's also looking at the point of getting to the point where you go Do you know i really i really want to work with people like you're going to have a passion and a love to work with people as well because working with people is going to bring a whole heap of different things going on there but definitely is is it a fit for you is having a look at different companies or having a look at businesses that you have that you would love to be able to work with people in that industry as well like i think when you have a love and a passion for it but also looking at the other side of Um, has the organization got systems and processes and mentoring and people that can help you and guide you in these types of situations because we're all going to face those things so I think looking at your own communication and empathy but also looking at who you can work with to help you because these types of things are inevitable to to happen as well and you want to be supported um, with supportive people around you to do that.
0: Great. So again, I really appreciate you coming on Melanie to discuss client management and how to be of service to your clients as well as dealing with difficult conversations. So I want to end this podcast with one last question for you. So my podcast deals with helping professionals overcome career challenges and obstacles to help them get to the next level of their career. So what has been one big obstacle or challenge that you have faced during your career? And what were some of the steps that you took in order to get to where you are today?
1: Yeah, so my, my big one, and it's my tagline, is you cannot delegate communication. So a lot of my time in the workplace. Prior to starting a business, I would avoid these types of things. I would avoid doing any public speaking, all of those things. And then starting my business is because I overcame them. But there's still situations that you know I can be in myself that deals with difficult conversations a lot. So don't avoid it. Don't try and delegate it to someone else. It's looking at what do you need to learn to help you to be able to do it and it is going back to planning and preparing and getting some sort of help for you to be able to do that so the obstacles are a lot of it is down to communication and avoidance of it all
0: great Molly. again thank you again for taking the time other day to speak to my audience in terms of how to be good at client management, and building relationships effectively with your clients. So how can people connect with you to learn more about what you do and how you can help them?
1: yeah definitely so speaking styles is my business so speaking styles on linkedin facebook Um, my website is speakingstyles.com.au and melanie wood is is over all the social media platforms as well so yeah definitely connect on any platform that you do use either melanie wood or speaking styles but thank you so much max this has been great
0: thanks melanie and hope you have a strong end of the year
1: thank you so much
0: Thank you again to Melanie for coming on my podcast and sharing her insights and strategies on how to have difficult conversations with clients and do it effectively. And even if you are not in a client-facing role, you are going to be working with other teams in a cross-functional basis and in a way you can interpret them as your clients as well. So these conversation fundamentals that you've learned in this episode is gonna help you there as well. If you want to hear my own personal insights on this topic, Make sure to check out ChanCap this coming Friday, available on all popular podcast platforms. So make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out. Again, if you are a professional that is looking to take your career to the next level, whether it's to land another job opportunity or advance in your career in other ways, then make sure to join my private Facebook group, Career Advice with Chan with a Plan. Again, I'll leave a link in the show notes so you can easily access it and join from there. This is Chan with the plan the podcast. I'm your host Max Chan and I thank you for listening.